If you have a computer, a cell phone, a tablet, or something like that, you are infected with hundreds and hundreds of algorithms. Do you know that? Kind of like out of uh, Twilight Zone. Do, 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 the attack of the algorithms. I think of an algorithm as sort of a, a tiny little robot that's in our machines and it's monitoring every single thing we do, every key we press, every site we go to. And they note that information and they send it on to our government or the Chinese government or Amazon or the Association of Canadian Caribou. <laughs> but we are being monitored at all times. So just remember that, not that it's going to do us any good. You know, they say even if you turn off your machines, they still can pick up stuff. But I bring that up because sometime in the last two weeks, I must have gone to a video and clicked on it, and now I'm getting video after video about this topic. And what is the topic? It's the royalty of England. The Royal House of England, King Charles III, Princess Diana, Queen Camilla, again and again and again. And what I have found out, not that I didn't know this a little bit, but boy, are they a dysfunctional group of people. <laughs> I am telling you, dysfunctional. Last night, it said, why did Kate not curtsy to Queen Camilla? Oh, there's something behind it. And they're giving all these reasons for it. I'm thinking, what a sick group of people. You know, we, we want to think, oh, oh, your majesty. How wonderful. Stay out of my life. You know, we're not talking about healthy family life. There's intrigue and backstabbing. And that's the image of royalty that we get, unfortunately. So here we have King Charles III, who had a mistress, maybe has another one, I don't know. William, did you know William had a mistress? I didn't know that. I didn't need to know that. But those wonderful algorithms make sure I knew that. But here we're looking at a household of royal people who are committed by their oaths to serve the people of the English Commonwealth. And yet their feet are of clay, just like ours. They're no better than we are. And yet we kind of look up to them and the glamour and, and all this stuff, which really, there's nothing to it, really, sadly, unfortunately. So when we look at royalty, unfortunately, that's our image. Now, we're celebrating today the solemnity of Jesus Christ, King of the universe. There's real royalty there's a real king who not only says what we need to hear, but does what we need in our lives. He's always faithful. There's no intrigue. There's no backstabbing. He's out to get us in a good way because he loves us. And we can always go to him. His door is always open to us. And in particular, in the gospel today... People say to me, Father, I don't know what God wants me to do. Well, read this gospel. It's very clear. Feed the hungry. Give drink to those who are thirsty. Visit the sick and in prison. Welcome the stranger. Now, there's one I think that 
maybe a fearful thought, welcoming strangers, because we don't know who strangers are, but of course that's why they're strangers. We don't know who they are, and yet Jesus says, this is what you have to do if you want to be faithful and go to heaven. You have to welcome the stranger. Now back to the house in England, the Royal House of England. If I tried to go through the gates of Buckingham Palace, I'd either have my head cut off, trampled by a horse, or shot, or all three. They're not going to welcome me as a stranger. They're going to look upon me as a threat. So there again, there's royalty that's protecting itself from strangers, from common people. And, of course, we know their assassination attempts, etc., etc. But still, there is this, oh no, we are separate from you. Yes, we're supposed to work for you, but when you come up to us, you don't just go like that. Oh, your royal highness. You know, it's all different. Now, Jesus, we don't do that because he runs to us and embraces us. In our sinfulness, he does that. So what a different type of king. He welcomes the stranger. Uh, I think it was last week or the week before we had the story of the blind man who calls out to Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And all the other people saying, shut up. I mean, that's what the, the royal entourage does. So, no, you keep your distance from the king. But Jesus hears it and he says, come on, come over here. He welcomes the stranger and he heals him. That's the king of the universe. Now, rightly, we could say God could exclude us, destroy us, because no matter what we do, no matter how good we try to be, we're not his equal. And yet he wants to make us his equal. In fact, that's already happening because we are all part of the royal house of Jesus Christ. So next time you go to a party, begin by saying, can I tell you about my royal household? And then talk about that, because in baptism, we are immersed into the death, resurrection of Jesus Christ. We become a new creation. We become royalty, a royal priesthood. So we are royalty. So if Charles III says, okay, you need to bow down, oh no, I will shake your hand, but I'm your equal. Yeah, you were baptized, I am baptized. In the household of God, we're equal. Because we're royal people. But do we act like our royal head, who is Jesus Christ the King, especially when it comes to the stranger? Do we go out willingly and seek the stranger? The lost sheep, people we don't know. It's easy with people we do know, but people we don't know, do we make judgments? Well, look how they're dressed. Uh, look how they're um, uh, weaving in and out as they walk. Uh, look at what they're wearing. Do we judge that so we push the stranger away? Or are we really open to that? And probably the most intimate thing we can do in this day and age, in this country, is to open our front door to the stranger. Now, I don't know how many of you have this. I don't have it yet. Uh, but those doorbells with cameras, you know, it rings. As, Who is that? Oh, I don't know you. You know, it's all about protection, really. Now, we never used to have that. When I was growing up, and I'm sure that's true of many of you, because we're all long in the tooth, we used to keep our doors unlocked. Do you remember that? 
We didn't worry about that. Now, I remember our house was broken into once. You know, no big deal. But, you know, in general, we didn't worry. And neighbors looked out for neighbors. So we kind of knew what was going on. And in a sense, there were no strangers in our neighborhoods because we knew everybody. We knew everybody on the block. That's not the way it is today. So we are a nation of strangers. We've gone from communities where we know one another, love one another, look out for one another, where we have intergenerational households, to individuals living in houses all by themselves and afraid, fearful, judgmental, not wanting to welcome the stranger because who knows who that stranger might be. And yet again, God, our King, says that's what you need to do. You need to welcome the stranger. And if we did it as a community, so let's say um, someone says, well, I'll use my house as the, the gathering space, and you three people from this parish bring a stranger with you, and we'll just have coffee and cookies, and we'll talk. Now, that should be pretty safe, I would think. But it's one way of concretely welcoming a stranger, not just waiting for us to happen upon someone whom we don't know, but literally going out and pursuing them. And and chances are your next-door neighbors are strangers to you. I mean, how many people know our neighbors on either side of our, our own homes? Do we know those people? Do we care about them? Do we love them as Jesus loves us? Because we're strangers through our sin to God, but he gets rid of that sin so that we are united with him, we're part of his household, we're becoming divine. And ultimately what he wants to share, he wants to open his door of heaven to all of us, to everyone, so that we can share at the heavenly banquet. And again, not come as beggars and paupers, but as full-fledged citizens of heaven. We don't find that in earthly kingdoms among earthly kings and queens. It's it's not going to be found there. But that's one of the reasons we have feasts like that, to remind us that our God, who is king, is a different type of king. He is the king of kings. He is the king who gave everything over to us in order to take away the power of sin and death and restore us to our relationship with God and gives us everything we need every single day so that one day we can be admitted to the palace of Christ in heaven and be with him for all eternity. So we have a wonderful, wonderful invitation from the Lord, a wonderful challenge. And if we look at all those, did you do this, did you do that, those are challenging. But again, I think the most challenging one in our day and age where people are afraid where they're worried, where they are secluded and they kind of wall themselves off from others, we need to say, no, we are called to show the world what hospitality is. That's really what we're talking about, being hospitable. And I have a story of one of our young people here who met a homeless guy at one of the malls or uh, plazas and bought him uh, lunch and talked to him. He welcomed a stranger. We can do that. We can all do that. It's not impossible. Especially, that should be easy because it's out in public. 
There will be other people there too. But think of it if we were to pair up. Remember Jesus sent the disciples and the apostles out two by two. If we were to pair up and to do things like that, we'd find ourselves not just welcoming the stranger because we're supposed to, but because we want to. Because we're going to find in those encounters blessings from God. We're going to find out information about ourselves. We are going to be blessed in those encounters. That's what God promises us. So it's not just us giving, but we're going to receive a lot more than we give. So as you go forth this week, and this is the last Sunday of the current church year, next Sunday, the first Sunday of Advent, begins the new church year, so it's a happy New Year Day. Uh, Think about your own openness to strangers. Uh, Think about how you perceive other people. Do you judge them? Do you put them in categories? Do you put them in a box? Do you, are you concerned more about your own safety and welfare than about doing the gospel, living the gospel each and every day? And to remember, we go into it not as weak people, but rather as very powerful people, part of the royal household of God. What a wonderful gift it is when we bring Christ to others by welcoming and serving the stranger. So again, think about your own perceptions when it comes to welcoming the stranger. Are you doing that? Wonderful. Uh, If not, what do you need to do about it? Uh, Can you talk it over with one another and maybe come up with some specific ways to do that? You know, we, we do not have, unfortunately, in Catholic churches, a welcoming the stranger committee. Now, we do have hospitality, that sort of thing, but in Catholic churches, it's sort of like hospitality is, yeah, every, every month we have a dinner, everybody's invited. But to really welcome the stranger, we've got to keep on doing it. It's got to be all the time. It's got to be every week. It can't be piecemeal. It can't be a project. But if we put on a mindset of Christ who welcomed the stranger, what might, we, might, what might we want to do? What would we need to change in our own lives so that we can be more welcoming? So that when we are judged... We can say with confidence, because it's all through Jesus Christ, yes, Lord, in your name, I welcome the stranger. It was difficult, but I welcome the stranger. So again, where are we in our own journey when it comes to welcoming the stranger, serving those who are different from us? And what do we need to do to change that so that we can be more like Jesus and be full, intentional members of the holy household of God?